1: Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Helen. And I'm Mel. Friendships are one of the great joys in life, and the greatest pals can become family. We don't get to choose the families we're born into, but we do get to choose our friends and who we hold dear throughout life. As we grow older, it's beautiful and sometimes sad to find out which friendships grew even stronger and which ones fell apart or went dormant.
0: Before we started Asian Boss Girl five years ago, we'd known each other as friends for about seven years. Lucky for us, working together has strengthened our relationships with one another. What's helped has been our dedication to communication and building a strong foundational friendship.
2: We received many messages from listeners who wanna hear more on the topic of friendship. From making new friends to maintaining existing ones and dealing with fallouts, we'll share our thoughts
1: and experiences on this episode. According to Psychology Today, there are actually seven types of friendships. One are lifelong friends. Two, best friends. Three, close friends. Four, social group friends or friends you socialize with but with whom you are not particularly close. Activity friends, friends with whom you engage in specific activities such as gym buddies or maybe you're members of the same book club or dinner club, church circles, so on. The sixth type of friendship are friends of convenience or the people whom you might share carpooling duties or youth sports teams for parents, uh, maybe neighborhood groups and so on. And the seventh type of friendship is what is called an acquaintance friend, or people at work, people you see every day when you're walking your dog, uh, folks you know to speak to, but not about anything of consequence or especially personal. For today's episode, we're going to be focusing on the most intimate friendships, or what we like to call chosen family.
0: As you're going through this list, were you thinking about certain people in your life? Like, oh, where do they fit? Are they lifelong friends or best friends, close friends, social group friends? Where do they fall for you? I definitely did because I was thinking
2: like, I have a friend that I'm like, you don't fall into any of these categories. Oh, ooh. are they number eight? <laughs> They're like off the list here. <laughs> number eight, people you're friends with, but don't really want to continue and deepen a relationship with, oh, but you're still cordial and like ooh. fine with. Mm,
0: interesting. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm, who are and, you
2: talking about here? <laughs> No comment.
1: <laughs> As we get older, um, our friendships might change, right? So I think we've talked about in past episodes when we were younger. What are some of the things that we look for in a friendship? But now, thinking that it's like 2022, we're all you know in our our thirtieth decade, um, and especially now after a pandemic where I think that called to question a lot of our values and our relationships. What do you ladies now look for in a friendship and what distinguishes close friends from your best or lifelong friends? We're in our third decade, right? On our 30th decade. <laughs> Oh, we're in our third decade. <laughs>
0: so I just caught that and I was like, mm, I'm not that old yet. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even catch it. <laughs> well, firstly, I think just a little bit of a distinction between best friend and lifelong friend, which are the top two of the list that Janet mentioned earlier. I feel like for me is how long of a friend this person has been around for. Like for example, a best friend feels more current, like someone Mm. who you can call up to chat about anything and everything about. It could be the first person you call when you get an amazing opportunity that is once in a lifetime, or it could be about how gigantic your poop is, like literally (laughs) anything, right? And I feel like a lifelong friend is someone who can be the same person, but if they're different, it could be someone who you've been friends with since your pubescent years. Someone from grade school or high school that you're still close with. Someone who you might not see too often, but the moment you do, it's like no time has passed. They might not know everything that is happening in your life, but they will be your lifelong friend through like the end of time. And I will say that one is not more valuable than the other mm. in my eyes, and I'm curious if you feel you both feel the same way about that. Um, but those are like the two best types of friends that I love to have. Mm. Do you ladies think one is more valuable than the other?
1: Yeah, that's actually a very good point. I, I kind of, if I had to choose one, I would say lifelong more than close friends, but. I think, like, to your point, they're valuable for different reasons. And it'd be really challenging to not consider the people just because you haven't known them as long, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah. My
2: gut, as you we both are explaining, very valid reasons. I think, for me, I actually, like, lifelong versus close friends, right? Oh, man. It's hard because... Maybe I'm very more focused on like where I am currently. And obviously when I, where I am currently, I share a lot of that with my close friends because they've, they know where I am mentally, physically. But some of my close friends have been with me for 10 plus years though. So my answer is like mixes together. So for
1: you, the ideal is the close
2: lifelong friend. <laughs> like a clear example. I mean, I talk about this, but it's like Sally. Like, I knew Sally since college, but I feel like we've grown together the last 10 years that she feels like, lifelong but also close mm-hmm. you know like
0: right like it's kind of hard to separate yeah the, yeah. the, the two mm-hmm. for me yeah i think that's the ideal if you can have that like friend that you've known forever and they're still very active and mm-hmm. like a best friend in your life yeah that's the best mm-hmm. um but to answer your question jay i feel like the difference between close friends and best friends or lifelong friends is the difference in level of One, mutual sharing and vulnerability, like getting real deep with one another and having those difficult conversations that are not so fun to have, but sometimes necessary, whether it's about each other or sharing something deep about yourself that you wouldn't willy nilly go and tell a stranger, right? Um, two is mutual intention to be very present in one another's lives. So obviously, you both have to vibe very well and it should feel effortless in conversation, in daily activity, and you both should make each other feel like a priority and special. I think that's also very important. And lastly, trust. I think especially at my age now, I've been broken down by specific people in my life that I considered a close friend, if not a best friend. and. I used to not have my walls up as easily, but now I do, you know, and, and, and if there's any sign of why I might not be able to trust that person, I become just very selective of if I want to continue hanging out with them or not. So trust for sure would be up there for me. Um, so mutual sharing and vulnerability, reciprocal effort while feeling effortless and someone who makes you feel special, and three would be trust. Those are the things that separate best-slash-lifelong friends with just a close friend.
2: Hmm. Wow. You you said, actually, um, I, I was nodding along because I was like, oh my God, we have some similar answers. I'm just like, is this why we're like friends? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so effortless. That, so that was the first thing I wrote down, actually. So mm, one yeah. thing I feel that I really look for in like a very lifelong slash close friend is this effortless feeling. Like you could be around them and feel super comfortable in your own skin. Like, I feel this... I think feeling this effortless feeling does come from, like, years of being with someone. Like, mm. for example, with you two. I know you guys for, like, what, seven years now. And also having kind of similar personalities uh, a bit. Like, someone I also think about is my friend Cindy uh, that I've known since college. Lindy and I can literally be in a room together and not talk and be totally comfortable. And it just feels, like, effortless because our personalities are both very loungy type. So it just kind of works. Um... I combine these other answers. I like the, I like thoughtfulness, consideration, empathy are things I really look for in our close friends. And it's kind of like Helen, what you said about like being vulnerable, um, being able to share and listen to each other and feeling that safeness to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, there's like a mutual want to be there for one another, wanting to understand and listen to each other. Um, I also said, you feel like your best self and are the happiest when you're around them. Like it's a vibe, like, it's a vibe <laughs> Can <you describe> it? <laughs> it sometimes it just it feels fun yeah right it's a it's like a fun effortless feeling and another thing is like their win feels like your win
0: mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when
2: you share something with me that you really wanted and you accomplish I will feel that excitement and joy for you yeah. because it feels like with one person I don't know that sounds really lame um and this last thing, which I actually find myself like being like, duh, but there's like a mutual genuine interest in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, I'm not gonna lie. There are some times like a, like a friend, I don't know what type of level would reach out. and am like, do you want to grab lunch? And I realized like, I don't really care to hear about what's going on in your life. And that is like the like true reality that I realized versus my close friend's. I want to hear about Janet's date. I want to hear about Helen's trip with her, like, her family. Like, these are things I genuinely really want to know about. And if I don't care enough to
0: know, I don't think you're my close friend. And I don't (laughs) think you should have me as a close friend. But would you go to lunch with that person? No. (laughs) I mean, I I think... Sorry. Well, I saw on the calendar recently a lunch that you did not want to go to. (gasps) I took it off. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Cool. We, yeah.
1: we do have a shared ABG calendar just so that we kind of um, are aware of each other's schedules because we schedule very ad hoc meetings. So, um, yeah, we see, we see some uh, lunch dates that Mel's had and ones that she's taken out. But I think it's really interesting that you focus a lot on um, when it comes to, like, what do you look for in a friendship? You're reflecting a lot on how you feel. Right and like what you, if you're interested in them, which is really important instead of just looking mm-hmm. at like what are the values that this person has, but um, yeah, like do how they enhance you or whatnot. Um, as I'm listening, as I listen to both your ladies' list, the whole time I just kept thinking, "Damn, this sounds like the, the way that I would answer." Like, what am I looking for in a partner? Like a mm-hmm. lot of the characteristics that you described and, and things you wanted to feel, the things you wanted that person. Uh, your relationship with that person. Um, yeah, I was like, this is this is what it's been heavy on my mind over the last like two or three years as I'm like trying to find a partner. A lot of these are the same qualities that I would list for a friend. Um, and for me, the the first thing that I now think about, and I think maybe especially because after the pandemic where I felt like there was like, you, I, it just pulled away from my schedule having to hang out with people out of obligation, right? And it really made me question like, what what am I gaining from the relationships in my life? Um, and for me, I, th- I feel like the question I will ask myself is after I spend time with you, do I feel happy? Like in that experience, did I enjoy your company? Um, when we were hanging out, did I feel engaged? Was I stimulated? I just think that, you know, m- now more than ever, I feel like life is short and not only is your time precious, but my personal tolerance for not feeling good after hanging out with someone, I just don't need to do that anymore, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. The second thing I look for in a friendship is, I think both of you have mentioned this in some way, is mutual benefit, right? Benefiting one person, and the other way around. But that it's not necessarily a one-for-one one match. I know for me, for example, that I bring a lot of value to a lot of my friends through listening and uh, making them feel heard and being there during challenging times for them. Um, but I, when I think back to how people benefit me, that's not necessarily how I receive friendship in the best way. Mm. I think for me, it's I value a lot of like, do you enrich my life? Like, do I feel like I, I learned from you? Um, do you make me laugh? I have a lot of friends in my life. Life that just like, w- when we hang out, we just laugh a lot. And that brings so much joy for me. Right? <laughs> and then also like, I love to banter. I love friendly debate. So a lot of, I get along really well with people who like to chat and like to talk. Um, and also I like to do different things and activities. So like when I'm, if, if you're someone that I spend time with and we're always doing new activities or you have uh, like hobbies that I find interesting, then for me, that is like something that I look for more um, now that I'm um, I'm older. Um, and I also noticed that this is more of a self-reflective thing, but I've seen a pattern in a lot of my friends, um, that I, I tend to attract people or keep people around to take care of me. And like, like there's like a maternal aspect. I I think people who cook for you, um, people who look out for you the way that like almost like an older sibling would, um, that's become a theme that I've seen. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Those are some of the kind of the, the things that I look for in friendships now, Now, upon reflecting of, I guess, given the last couple of years and being in my later 30s.
2: I will say, hearing everyone's
1: response, is really contingent on
2: your personality, actually. Because, like, Jenny, we were saying, like, I love people that have, like, deep conversations and stimulate you. That's right, stimulate you? (laughs) (laughs) It's very true to who you are as a person. Like, you love deep conversations. And then when I even think of my own answer, I think about, like, I just want a good-ass time. Like, not, like, not like a good-ass time, but, like, I guess for me, like, I really value humor and having a good time and laughing with someone. So, like, I think when I say, like, I'm the happiest around them, I think about my friends that truly make me laugh because it just
0: feels like that's just who I am, though, you know? Yeah. Um, so, it's just interesting. Yeah. Everyone's definition of what they look for in a friend is very different. Well, as adults, our time and energy is clearly finite. How important is reciprocal effort to you in a friendship? How do you address it when you're starting to feel like maybe you're putting in more effort than the other person is?
2: For some reason, I think this is a really tough question. I kind of struggle with an answer. But for me, it really depends on a lot of things like, for example, the specific friendship we're describing, your own personal preferences when it comes to connecting and where you both currently are in life. For context purposes, I don't know why I decided to share this, but like for me right now, personally, I'm in a place in my life where I'm very satisfied with my close friends, like my existing groups, individuals that I connect with on a day to day basis within those groups, like just different people in general. I feel very satisfied with my friends. With that, I personally don't have the emotional and social bandwidth to really expand on other friendships. So just like that is just a context where I meant to like being reciprocal because someone can reach out to me and I'm going to be like, nah, <laughs> like to be very straightforward. But I think for me, when I think about reciprocal effort, it's pretty important to me in terms of follow through like mm-hmm. actions, I guess. Like, for example, I don't mind ask. Like I don't mind being the person to always ask someone to hang out. But in that discussion, they're like, yes. And they help me choose a place to meet or like kind of initiate and like follow through with me. I feel like they're kind of, I guess, like throwing in their part in our friendship, you know, because I feel like if I'm initiating and I'm planning everything, and I'm like, what is this person doing just showing up? It's just then I feel kind of like there's it's there's imbalance there mm-hmm. um, when I talk about like it depends on where you are in your life. I mean I think we've all been there like for example I've been that single person and then my friend gets in a relationship and I'm just like we were hanging out all the time and now we're not hanging out anymore and you feel unfair but that's where I was at the time like I was really single you know I didn't I wasn't as independent and I really like was like what the heck you know our friendship change or whatever but I think even now like when as a person that's and has a partner I'm in a different place where I don't feel like I, I'm gonna have that like that need for someone mm. you know and I just think it really depends like on where you are in life when the other person is in life like another example for amongst us three I know when Helen got pregnant I took it kind of hard in terms of our friendship because I was like I'm not gonna see you anymore and I'm being so <laughs> selfish and all this stuff But it's also understanding. It's just like, well, now she's entering a new part of her life. And now seeing her as a mom, it's like, I know how limited her time is. It's just not, I'm not being like, girl, you didn't ask me for lunch. I was like, well, yeah, she was feeding (laughs) her baby. So it's just kind of like, it really just depends on where you are in life, where your friend is in life. And it changes and there's ebbs and flows. So I think I'm just learning how to be more understanding, like this idea of
1: reciprocal effort, Mm -hmm. which I'm still comprehending. So that is my long answer. Mel, I think like your your response basically is like you're – How do you address it? You're kind of just more forgiving or you're more understanding or compassionate when effort can't necessarily be matched one for one, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that is something that, like, for my older friends, like, friends that i have known for, like, lifelong, close, all of those in the upper category in the first seven that we listed, um, I feel like I'm really understanding with effort. I'm okay with putting in more certain Periods because, like we said, as you go through different life stages, like pregnancy or starting a family, or if they're Mm -hmm. like planning a wedding or, or, you know, in grad school or whatever it might be, like there's going to be periods where it's not, they're just not available as much. And Mm -hmm. I'm okay to carry that weight because I know that that's going to happen for me as well. Right. But when it comes to making new friends, and I think. I think I actually even, I know it's like a trend that people say as you get older, like you're like no new friends, let's say, right? Like you don't want to, you, you kind of like value your time. I think maybe for me, because um, I don't, I've just been in a state of mind of being more open to exploring, maybe because I've also been dating. I'm just getting more people mm. in my life, but I am open to meeting new people um, and making new friends later in life. But in those new friendships, that's where reciprocal effort matters a lot to me because I treat it kind of like dating. Like with dating, if you are not going to naturally want to text me or call me back, then that feels like you're not interested. And why would I want to keep chasing you if you're, you know, like I want a friend that's going to equally enjoy my company. So that's kind of the, when it comes to reciprocal effort, I feel like lifelong friends, it doesn't matter as much. But if we're like new friends, that's where like I do look at it a lot as a gauge. Mm. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: I think with this, question it's and thinking just about more like maintaining friendships it's like a majority of our lives if you think about it like throughout our lives us and our closer best friends like we were always in the same phases of life, right? Like when you're Mm -hmm. in middle school, y'all are in middle school. No one's doing anything else but be in middle Mm -hmm. school. And then when you're in high school, the same goes, in college and even your first job. And many of your friends share in not the same, but similar experiences for a lot of your life. And it's not until either Mm friends move away or get a job or start getting deeper into relationships or getting married, having babies that all of a sudden your individual focuses and life paths become very different. And I even think for us and our group of friends, only two to five years ago, where we very much aligned in how much we worked and how much we came together to party on the weekends afterwards, right? So mm-hmm. I definitely miss those days, but times are, are different now. And I see what you're saying, Jay, that like with old friends, I guess you're a little bit more relaxed in terms of the reciprocal effort. But then with new friends, it's like, well, if we're going to start this path together, there has to be definitely much more like work put into it. Um, mm. but I do remember like when some of my friends back home started getting married and trying for kids and didn't have the energy to come out and meet me up for like a wild night out in Boston anymore. I remember feeling a little hurt by it. But now that I'm in a position that I only have twenty four hours a day, but the responsibility of a growing human, like it is exhausting to have to have responsibility for someone other than yourself. And when you get to a place where your friends are in different phases of their lives, inevitably the level of reciprocality is gonna look different from one person to another. And I feel like the magnitude of effort is on a different scale. Mm -hmm. But then the next time when I went home and that friend came out to meet me, I know that that effort was still there. And the effort Mm -hmm. just looked different from what my effort might've looked like, and and that's okay. Because I think in those moments, I remind myself that everyone is the protagonist of their own lives, and also no one is a protagonist in anyone else's lives. And as long as there is some level of effort, like, that, that is okay, you know? And that just means that you're in a unique phase in the lifetime of your friendship. And a couple years down the line, when your lives merge or things stabilize, I could totally see me and those types of friends going from, from social group friends to close friends again. Yeah, that's a good observation.
2: I have a question for you both, a follow-up to this, like maintaining friendships and new friendships. Like, I don't know about you two, but I think sometimes mentally I know that, for example, like I mentioned, like, I am on the, I am kind of more on the hashtag no new friends train because I'm also very aware of, like, now that I'm dating someone, I'm meeting his friends mm-hmm. and his family, and I really want to make sure I have the brain capacity and mm-hmm. an effort to really make sure I connect with them too But that's also carving out space also for me. So just like I think with that, knowing that I want to also prioritize my partner's close Mm. friends and family that I cannot like I don't have the capacity for anything outside. So I wonder, Janet, like for you, if you think that with dating and Helen for you, like knowing that, you know, you also maybe want to establish like a mommy friends. And like when you when your baby starts going to school, like making friends like play dates and things like that. Do you think about like, oh, I can't handle any more new friends because I literally have to think about
1: the upcoming relationships I'm going to manage. I think, Mel, with what you're saying, it's interesting. Like I actually thought about like if I am dating someone and I meet their friends, I do consider that new friends. So I guess okay. ma- versus you are saying like you're um, – you kind of already – or you wouldn't consider those like new friends, right? They would be like maybe your partner's friends. Um, but – and and I I think maybe it's been a while since I've had that that kind of scenario to deal with. So I haven't had to like – you know, shake up my schedule and figure out how to, like, um, how to make that work. Um, And I can also, especially as we go into the holiday season, I could see how that, like, in the time where a lot of people are going to start, you know, meeting friends and family and stuff like that, that that can get really overwhelming. Um, So, yeah, I guess it is definitely something that should be accounted for. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I would definitely consider those new friendships, too, especially if you're going to be with this person Mm -hmm. for a long time term like mm. whenever you see his friends it it's like a weird feeling if you're like oh they're just his friends and not my friends but if you put in the time and effort and it's it feels effortless and they're just like good people then they will end up becoming your really good friends too right i mean like look at me and philip like both of you are mm. hashtag 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 philip's <laughs> friends first i don't know if that's a hashtag but that's <laughs> the reason i went there um and now like we're closer than you are to him right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I don't even consider like it's weird because I don't even consider as a like, field train. I remember like when me and you guys I'm like yeah that train passed long
1: time ago a different platform.
0: <laughs> yeah but I think with new friends it's it's one of those things where if it makes sense in a certain part of your life I think you're always going to want that human connection with someone who's also mm-hmm. going through similar experiences so when you're yeah for me like making new mommy friends had has been so helpful for me you know Mm -hmm. in doing that even though I know that me carving out time for those people means that I'm not spending as much time with like you ladies or my friends that don't have kids and that does make me feel guilty and it's it's like you only have so much time in a day and there's only so much that you can do but as long as you're still making the effort to meet up maybe not as often but still meet up with your close friends and maintain those relationships it's just like a very difficult balancing act but i think one that differs for each person and you just have to find out what the right balance is for you
2: how about friends who live in like a different city than you um what are some ways you maintain a strong connection with them because i know you know helen your friends a lot of your friends are in boston um jay spent a couple of years in sf and also for me like a lot of my friends in the bay so curious how you both maintain your friendships
1: yeah, I well, I'll have to be completely honest and say that in a lot of my early adult years, I was horrible at keeping in touch. I was very much of a like, um, if you are physically in my parameter, then I'm going to see you a lot. And then and then if not, it, it would um, I would just was so focused on um, just like work in my own life. And, but now that, like, you know, I've had like a couple of, oh my God, I was gonna say a couple of decades that pass, which makes me feel (laughs) old. But, but, um, yeah, I mean, like living more life and having lived in more different cities and having more friends who have like moved away and then moved back, um, I've kind of started to develop like ways to keep in touch. And one thing I think is really important is that there isn't like one way that works for every single relationship, it's gonna depend a lot on, what, how you prefer to communicate, and how and how you feel like close to someone, and also how your friend does. Um, so, for example, like I have some friends that like, love to text, right? And I'm not a great texter, but I'm, like, in terms of initiating conversation, but I'm pretty good at, like, texting back if you – if it's, like, a conversation or whatnot. So if – so with my friend Kristen, who's based in Northern California, she'll randomly text me, like, memes or things like that, and we'll we'll just send that back and forth, and that's, like, one way we keep Mm -hmm. in contact. And she'll also randomly – like, she started FaceTime calling me, and I think she was the first person where it kind of normalized – Video chat with me like years, years ago because that I'm definitely one of those people that if you call me I don't pick up just because. <laughs> hey, I want to like it's hard. Usually people call during the daytime. It's like I kind of want to set time aside to like, no, we're gonna have a chat. Um, but yeah, with her it's very kind of like off the cuff whenever she wants to reach out and and we'll keep in contact that way and it's it's mutual mutual like um effort and then also being able to visit each other and travel together. Usually it's like four four times a year so. Um, Whereas with my friend Drashti, we keep in contact in a very different way. She's a very like scheduled person. So we literally will like schedule a phone call (laughs) and then we'll schedule time in our calendar to like have a two hour conversation or something like that. Um, And now she lives, uh, you know, like uh, in your Belinda, which is like about an hour, hour and a half away from where I am. So we try to then also see each other at least like two to three times a month. Um, so those are some, um, examples, I guess, of like two very different ways that I maintain contact, but I, I but it like caters to that particular friend. Mm, I love that. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I'm, like, trying to think of a different answer than text or calling, but, like, what else can you do? It's, like, (laughs) send them a psychic message or something. (laughs) Um, But with my Boston friends from home, we do have, like, a Boston chat that people will communicate Mm -hmm. in sometimes. I feel like that's a good way to just get everyone kind Mm -hmm. of on the same page and sharing happy birthdays. And if anyone's in town or visiting, it's a good, easy way to just collect everyone together. Um, But other than that, I will text and sometimes FaceTime my closer friends from home. And then whenever I'm home, I'm always just super excited to see my friends again we'll catch up during dinner and during those dinners we have long catch-ups and it it literally feels like no time has passed and we're forever going to be even though we're like reaching our mid-30s be our high school selves again Mm -hmm. when even when we're like 80 years old I could totally see us just always referencing our past selves Mm -hmm. and high school memories I think it's just you know making sure you check in with these friends once in a while like sending a text message that even says like hey thinking about you and then seeing if they want to chat and if they're busy i don't take it personally i'm just like tap tap just thinking about you if you want to chat if not that's cool i'll wait till i get home um and then we can chat next time but um that's kind of how i keep in touch with friends from home yeah how about email very similarly <laughs> to you too um i love group text it's kind of like you have you a
2: boston chat um with your friends or back home i have a group chat with like my college friends are like all of us there and there's one for my like middle school friends and now like the middle school friends is always more like a life updates, like oh we bought a house or like oh, we're engaged and just like the happy birthday messages that go in like um i like how they, they never like directly message you sometimes but i feel like the group message is like a it's like a check-in i really mm-hmm. appreciate that and then um i have like, a bunch of random group chats with like different friends in the different pockets of my group like I'm gonna call them out, but I have a singles inferno chat <laughs> that started off as all my single, a lot of my single friends from college and maybe like random friends from SF. And then slowly all of us started dating. But now it's just more like a, it's it just, it's like the humor of everyone in the group. It's for me just, it's like a, my comedic relief almost like every week. Um, and it's also like kind of like our chat to be like, How's it going with your person? I had a freakout moment. Oh, describe why. <laughs> so we just have each. It's not like our mini like therapy session. So I think every groups of friends or like different group chats will kind of serve its purpose. I also think maybe even another thing I thought of is like little rituals that you set with certain friends in different cities. Like I know this isn't super far away, but um, Justin, the, the twins live in Orange County. We live in LA, which is to me kind of. I still think it's a far drive, but. <laughs> one thing we've been doing for years since our friendship started like I don't know how many years ago but we do sleepovers and it just feels like that's our little thing we do that we always get fun and then we do a sleepover and it's just like kind of building these little like ritual things that you do with someone I think it's kind of fun obviously these things will change and evolve as you guys get older I'm just like I looked at Justin I was like are we gonna be 40 and still having sleepovers <laughs> oh, with each other like true, is this gonna true. be a thing um but yeah facetiming too is a good thing um to make it to make it fun and interesting um yeah i'm trying to think anything else we do but that's pretty much it like yeah it's just technology really and just sending rituals like creating rituals for your friends yeah
1: yeah that's a great i love Mm -hmm. that creating rituals definitely i have i I was like trying to think through my friends of like i have different things that i do with different people and that you kind of always like when you hang out that's Mm -hmm. the activity that you both enjoy
0: Find a location near you at
1: bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading
0: the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: So we talked a lot about ways to keep friendships alive and how to keep in contact. Now let's talk about the friendship breakup. Ugh, These are so tough to go through. They often hurt as much as or maybe more than a romantic relationship. Um, And maybe that's because close friends become chosen family. They become big parts of our lives. They're people that we rely on, that we trust, that we love, and that we can turn to during the best of times, but probably especially, more importantly, during the worst of times. Losing someone like that is a heartbreaking experience. So I'd like to ask you ladies, Have you ever given up on a friendship or outgrown a friendship?
0: Um, I have. And this one friend is someone whom I think I've talked about once before in a past episode, Mm. but he was a very good friend in college, one of my best friends. And it was just the most platonic, feel-good, same wavelength, same types of jokes, best friend, the type of person that would always have my back and mine his. Just so easy to be around type of friend. And my senior year of college, I started getting very romantically involved with someone from a different college about 20 minutes away, and I started to become not as present for our friendship. I apologized to him about it years later, and I realized that I was just not a good friend to him during that time. But during that time, I remember thinking, why is this friend of mine being so mean to me? Like, where are these walls that are coming up? Where are they coming from? Can he be happy for me? And I just, I remember I didn't get it. I was very much in my honeymoon phase, tunnel visioned and in love. And you would think that a friend of yours would be happy for you, right? And I was upset at him for not understanding that. So. I started to put my walls up and we had a huge falling out, a very public one, and it was embarrassing and a really shitty way to end our friendship during our senior year when we should have been really focusing on building a foundation for a lifelong friendship, which is something we definitely would have had had it not been for the lack of maturity in communication, the lack of reciprocal effort, the the issue of protagonism, right? We're like both protagonists in our own stories. And I will say that I think since then I've learned from that mistake. I think when you're young and in love, it's just so hard to take a step back and realize life is much more than just your significant other. So now I recognize that and I try to be much more intentional with my time with my friends, or at least if I can't make something communicative of why I can't make it to an event that I would have usually gone to. And I think that's just like a whole other thing of like why it's hard being a mom. Like you just hold all this guilt that you're letting go of this person that you used to be, who is always around, always reliable, party animal, whatever it is. And in college, yeah, I was like very tunnel vision with my significant other. But as a mom, I am very present as a mom, but also very aware of certain moments that I wish I could be at and experience with my friends. So it's not the great greatest feelings sometimes, but my intentions now to still grow my friendships despite my at-home responsibilities is... Very different from what it was in college.
2: I have a follow-up question for you, Helen. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your breakup story. But it sounds like you had your breakup. And are you guys,
0: quote-unquote, back together as friends? We're not. So um, we met up at a mutual friend's wedding. And... We were really drunk <laughs> and then we like sat in a corner and just like cried it out together. We literally were Aww. bawling together because, I mean, our friendship ran really, really deep and we were really good friends. And it's just like, you know, like literally not like eight years later is when you come mm. back with your old friend who you had a huge falling out with and hadn't talked to for so long and um, more mature now. We both apologized to each other and said, OK, let's keep in touch And then we didn't really make the effort to keep in touch anymore. So Mm -hmm. I think that was a sign that also, um, like, maybe that that just meant that that was the end of that relationship. And who knows, maybe eight years down the line, we're back at a wedding and crying again. And maybe (laughs) then we take a different path. But I think during this time, we were also both just very busy with our lives Mm -hmm. and, um. yeah, I don't, I don't hold anything against him for not because I, I realized I didn't either. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, one of those friendships that you appreciate for what it was. Um, and also, it, it felt like a little bit of a
1: closure to be mm-hmm. able to talk to each other again. That's nice. I was going to say, as a, as like a, in terms of a breakup, it felt like a very mutual, even though it was like mm-hmm. eight years after, but that you were able to kind of like both be okay with the conclusion.
0: Yeah, for now. We'll see. I don't believe it's a closed mm. friendship yet. <laughs> so it's still hopeful. But how about for you, Mel? I know there's one friendship that you might be talking about here that was also a very good friend of yours.
2: Yeah. So my breakup story with my friend is one, I would say pretty recent. Two, unexpected, very unexpected. Um, and I kind of feel like I was ghosted. And I hate that feeling. Mm. This friend of mine, I considered one of my best friends, like straight up, like homie, best friend. We would talk all the time, met my family, like just like true, like you're one, you're going to be one I'm going to have in my life forever. That kind of feeling. Um, Pandemic definitely changed a lot of things for everyone. Um, I think as one of his really close friends. It's also like, you know, heterosexual, heterosexual male, female, like mm-hmm. friendship. So people may, you know, have some thoughts about that. Um, we shared a lot about our dating lives with each other because we're both dating and sharing our stories. And like, we're kind of each other's soundboards of like, how do you, what do you think about this person? I'm like, nah, dude, I don't think she's your type. Or like, I don't know, like she likes you. I don't think she'll lead her on like things like that. We would just share with each other. So during the pandemic, he was in a relationship with a girl and I also don't know much about the relationship from their perspectives. Just to give you that context, all I hear, all I know are things that he told, he's told me. So that is definitely like kind of like a um, skewed vision of someone's relationship. And I understand that. But based on the things he would share with me about the relationship, I felt like he wasn't happy and I felt like he could be in a more happier state because I also know about his ex, his exes and his past relationships. I'm just like, you know, you're not this, you're not the type to put yourself in these type of situations, relationships where you're not where you're fighting this much or things like that. So I was like I would share with him like maybe give it another month, see how you feel, reevaluate it. But if you're but you're kind of saying the same thing to me over and over again. I think at this time as he was dating someone, um the pandemic obviously we're spending more like closed off time and me and my previous friend we would FaceTime a lot and then kind of catch up on stuff and I think it was really hard for me personally to be very vulnerable and open about my life updates when I know his girlfriend was in the same room as him because I felt like there was someone listening on my conversation I'm just someone that I really value one-on-one time and that felt really awkward for me at the same time I am also someone that I do not and this everyone's different if I know you are very unsure about someone or based on my perspective or my opinion, you are unsure, I will not put an effort into my friend's significant other because I feel that's a waste of time personally. So with that, I wasn't like being like super extra friendly with his significant other because I'm just like, I wasn't sure if you're going to stay together. I was cordial, but I also felt like our friendship was changing. And through the pandemic, I had this thought of like, you know what, we're best friends, but I feel like with his, his current relationship and where we are as friends, maybe we're not meant to be best friends during this time because I do hold a very strong significance with best friends. Like I will go above and beyond for you versus like another friend. So like for me as my best friend, I will do things for you. So I think we also had like a disagreement about something. So I later on had a conversation with him saying, I'm rec- I'm realizing right now that I don't know if we're meant to be best friends at this time because it seems like I had this certain expectation of you that we, it was there. Like, I expect the same type of dynamic that we had prior to the pandemic and we're not getting that right. I'm not getting that right now from you because you're tiptoeing around talking with me because your girlfriend's there and I don't know. And like, I've also later found out that his girlfriend does not like me mm. because, I, because, and this is the thing that kind of upsets me is that like, And I don't know if she knows this, but I think a part of my conversation with him got revealed to her because she stumbled upon a text message and stuff. And obviously when your friend is venting to you and sharing their concerns, I'm going to support my friend and share my thoughts on the situation. The not so happy thoughts. I'm not going to be like, stick with her, stay with her. Like, that's not I'm on my friend's side and giving my feedback. And so I think she read those comments or read my text and was very unhappy with my with what I, what I had to say about the relationship. With that and maybe other reasons that I do not know, she does not like who I am, does not like me, whatever. So it, it kind of caused a strain of our friendship. And I felt like it just changed the dynamic. And so I had had this talk with him saying, it just seems like we can't be how we were if your girlfriend hates me like there's no way unless we clear the air unless you tell me you love her like all these other things like if you tell me if you're telling me right now you want to commit to her I will make that effort as your friend to get to know her to make sure that she feels involved but I'm not getting that from you as my friend either so what do you expect me to do and he was like no Mel I think we could totally make this work I don't know like I, I definitely think we can like find a middle ground whatever like and so I was like, okay, so I left that conversation thinking like I think we're good. And then following that conversation, this is like in January, I forgot what year. A month later is my birthday, he sends me this really sweet message saying, "Happy birthday, blah 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 blah." And I was like, "Oh, cool. Like we are still fine." His birthday comes around a few months later, and I reciprocate back and saying, and I, I send a text message saying, "Happy birthday. I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful for you. Blah 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 blah." And then he doesn't respond. And I think for me, I just find it weird because like I am someone that like I will I actually think about what I'm texting someone for their birthday. I send a direct message, and usually the typical behavior is that within two days span a week they'll respond back saying thank you so much. It doesn't have to be like super long, just acknowledging that they got the message. I didn't get anything, which I find really odd, and so I just thought maybe he's busy. Gave it a few months, heard nothing. Gave it a few months, still nothing. And then I don't know how long, how long, how much time has passed, but then I realized he unfollowed me off on everything. Facebook, he unfriended me. He unfriended me on Instagram and all this stuff. And I just was like shocked because I didn't even get a reason why. And that, I think that is what truly bothered me is I didn't even get an explanation. And I found out like maybe a few months later, or a year later, he did the same thing to another friend of his that I also knew but that friend got an explanation and I didn't and I think sometimes I tell myself that like you know maybe if I was in his shoes I would choose a person I love and I totally understand that you're choosing your partner that is totally fine Um, and I get it I think for me I wish I had an explanation because I would be understanding Of like, hey, Mel, I truly love her. I want to be there for her. And at this time, I cannot be friends with you. I think even having that explanation, I would be like, cool. But the fact that I didn't get that and I had to hear about different things that happened in this life through even you two, through my other friends, it was just such a really unfortunate series of events. And to be honest, like right now, I'm okay. I mean, it's like it's kind of like I kind of accepted it. But for the longest time, for the past year, I would catch myself crying because it just broke me. It's like one its like one of your truest best friends just leaves you without telling you why and you have to guess why. Mm-hmm. And you have to just cope with your own feelings. That's like the shittiest feeling ever. And the fact that he also met my family. I have to tell him like, oh, how's... Because my mom was like, how is Blubblubat doing? I was like, oh, we're not friends anymore. Why? And it's just like, that's like a weird thing too. Mm-hmm. So I think for me... Kind of like Helen said, it's like, I don't know if this is going to be a forever breakup. Sometimes I wonder down the line if like, maybe like even 20, 50 years from now, if this person were to reach out to me again, I would actually accept it and be like, how have you been? Because he's mm-hmm. someone that I feel like I truly did cherish and I still want the best for that I will. It's like, even if you were to call me with a need right now, I would I would do it, you know, because I just really cherished our friendship. But it just feels kind of, like, I just, like, accepted it. But it does feel kind of awkward mm-hmm. for me. But I think, deep down, I am hoping that maybe we could reconnect sometime in the future. But as of now, no. And it's just... It's just weird. Like, he's someone that we're like, Oh my god, at your wedding, we're gonna be like, I'm gonna be so happy for you. And, like, when you... like Just, like, talking about, like, what we value in our family and our friends. And just knowing that, like, these experiences that we were so excited to share are never gonna happen now. It's just, like, a really crazy thing. And I never thought this would happen to me. But... That is my story. Helen and Janet kind of, the, you guys are aware of it because I would share how I feel. I felt with
1: you too, and you guys both know who he is. So just like an interesting situation. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, Mel. I mean, so sorry again that that happened. I, both Helen and I uh, were kind of, yeah, in real time as you were like, hey, I'm not hearing back from him. I could see how sincerely hurt you were. Um, and I th- like to say that, yeah, to get go, I know what it's like to get ghosted in dating, <laughs> and that that <laughs> sucks, right? Um, but yeah, to the point of it being a close friend, someone that you felt um, you had a certain level of trust and closeness with, is is really hard. Um, but I like that. I mean, both both you and Helen have kept an optimistic tone, which is sure it's closed for now, but maybe the future mm-hmm. will be different, right? So I like that. Yeah. Actually, I do have a question for both of you. Is there anything if you go back, if you were to be able to go back, is there anything you would do differently?
0: Oof. I think for me, um, I yeah, I think after, after my college years and once I started becoming a little bit more mature and a little bit more precious about my friendships and realizing how difficult it is to find friends that you truly value and who truly value you i remember thinking to myself like oh i should have been much more present and intentional and communicative with my friend then like that is something that i think had to come with maturity and with time and with more relationships and other things that start taking up your time other than you know just being present and and on the same wavelength as as a good friend so that's something that i i do think you know if i could go back i would have done but in the moment i it Obviously, it wasn't really something that I was too aware of. So, yeah. How about for email?
2: I'll be completely honest. And people, I don't know how – I don't know if this is, like, brutal, but I actually wouldn't do anything because, to be completely frank, I didn't do anything wrong because I'm literally reflecting back on everything I'm trying – from what my – from my memory. And it's hard because I think in these situations, everyone's going to have – it's like what talents like that they're a protagonist of their own life. You're going to have your own opinion of what – how it went down, what you did, and they might have a different perspective. But the thing is, I don't know their perspective because they're not talking to me. Um, But I don't know. I think for me, I'm trying to be as understanding as I can. And like, there's nothing I would have said differently because I thought it was a safe space of talking. Like, for example, when I text one of you guys, the conversation is between us. Like, I don't expect someone else peering over your shoulder and seeing our conversation. If I knew that was the case, I would maybe not say certain things via text and just talk to him on the phone. But that is the assumption that when I'm texting someone individually, that is a safe space in
0: conversation. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I wouldn't really change much. Yeah, Honestly, I feel like you did nothing wrong, Mel. If anything, you were trying to reach out to him to say happy birthday, to still try and like see if he'll text you back. And Mm -hmm. I remember there were times where you would text him just to, just to, like touch base and see how he was doing and then you would just get no response back so and then yeah i think you're very like aware also of like social socially aware of things and i i don't think that you did anything wrong i think it's one of those things where between them two something happened you know and maybe Mm -hmm. yeah maybe she saw those text messages and she was just like if you want to be with me you can't be with her as her friend and he you know he just fell fell for that and i don't know i'm curious also like what it was like did you do something maybe we don't know <laughs> maybe you did and then yeah, we'll find out someday but i i highly doubt that it was one action from you that caused such a big rift in your relationship
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah and i think for me it's like it's kind of hard because it, it's like i don't want to be that like bitter person it's like well f you and f her it's more like you know what you made a decision I i i have to accept it and it's more like I still wish you well because you're someone I really care about.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's just like, but I also understand that like, I think when you truly love someone, you prioritize, you prioritize your partner decisions are going to be made and not everyone's going to be happy with it. And like, sometimes that means cutting people off out of your life apparently. So I guess I'm just like, all right, like I'm just, I'm just, I think I'm slowly to slowly understanding that that might be a result. And for me, it's really sad because I'm like the cutting off end but if it's for the best of their relationship and where they are, then it's then it, then it's fine. Mm.
0: Very mature of you know? me to say that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Jay, well, how
1: about you? Do you have a breakup story you want to share with your friends? Yeah, so my I guess my my friendship breakup is more of kind of like an outgrowing of friendships. Um so when I was in high school, there were a group of these four other girls and we were all pretty close. Um, and she was actually the first bride I was a bridesmaid for. So she got married right out of college and, you know, the, the five of us would, like, go on trips together. Um, just, you know, we, we were very close, like, in high school and then going into, like, college and then coming out of it. Um, unfortunately, at her wedding, there was a bit of a falling out between her and one of the other bridesmaids and I the other bridesmaid in that group is actually was a friend that I was like the closest to in the group so I didn't necessarily take sides but I think that naturally because I had a closer relationship with the other girl it kind of small meetups or things would happen where I just kind of you know wasn't we just weren't in each other's lives as much and then after that point she moved away and then I also moved away and um you know there would be still be like gatherings for like holidays and stuff but um i just slowly like didn't make an effort if it required me to go out of my way and she didn't make an effort and it kind of just slipped through and for a while i felt really guilty about it because it was like oh we have like the other girls in the group would like make an effort to to like make separate time to have coffee with her if she didn't join the bigger group event because the other person was there or whatever it was. Um, but then I think like kind of similar to both of you ladies, I just came to a point of accepting that it's okay for some friendships to dial down, to pause, or to end. Um, and, you know, to this day, like if I run into her, I, I would be so happy to like catch up and, and learn more about her life. But I think just accepting that it's okay that – there are people who you shared very deep experiences with and also that maybe you feel some sort of like guilt attached to that maybe you didn't put in the time like it's it's okay for friendships to dial down Mm -hmm. is kind of like Mm. the the conclusion I came from that one.
0: Well, when it comes to making new friends, what are some green flags, not red flags, green flags you look for in potential new friends?
2: I will say I am looking for extremely strong chemistry and connection, to be completely honest. Like I mentioned before, I think I am in a place in my life where it's just like I don't have the mental capacity, really. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like a dang, we just like get each other so well. We vibe very
1: like nonstop. Yeah, then I would totally pursue it. How about you, too? My uh, my one measure engaged right now is just if you have good energy and good vibes. And I know that that's, <laughs> that might be like super broad, um, not specific. But yeah, if I, if I am happy around your energy, then yeah, that's my green flag. How about you, Helen? Same. Energy, vibes, compatibility. And I think
0: right now what I'm noticing is that I do feel that with a good amount of people but it's more about the follow-up it's kind of like mm. if is it convenient mm. to have each other in your lives if you continue to be intentional about meeting up and seeing each other tapping each other on instagram whatever it is i feel like only then can the friendship grow otherwise you're so in your own silos and in your own lives that compatibility or not it's like if there's no effort in meeting up it's never going to go anywhere so that's something that I'm realizing and really seeing with my my
1: own friendships nowadays. Do you ladies have any tips on how to foster a deeper sense of connection with friends? I would say don't be afraid to reach out to see if
0: someone will want to hang out with you. Expect rejection because everyone is mm. busy. But you can't, again, form a deeper relationship if you don't see them and make the effort to hang out with them. Um, so that's like my current number one thing. What about you, Mel?
2: For me, it's to get over that fear of FaceTiming. I know people, mm. some people don't like me on video. I actually feel like m- my strongest connections are the ones I actually schedule time to FaceTime with them. It could be randomly, but like, I don't know. I just have like really good friendships with people I FaceTime, which is odd, but mm. it's face-to-face time, you know? It is what it <laughs> is.
1: So for this question, I actually thought, once again, about dating. They say that um, when you experience like new and exciting and thrilling, even like scary type of uh, experiences, you feel closer to someone, right? So I would say, yeah, if you're trying to develop a deeper sense of connection with someone, doing something unique that's new for both you and them. Maybe that's traveling together or, I don't know, going um, going to like, Uh, an event in the city that's different than what you would normally do. Um, That could be one way to kind of have you guys both feel closer.
0: Hmm. Well, we could really go on and on about our thoughts and learnings about friendships because we've been through a lot of different friendships now. At the end of the day, put super simply, a good friendship should feel loving and supportive and safe The best friendships are the ones that feel this way and ones that can also help guide you in being the best version of yourself.
2: We feel lucky and grateful to have found such a loving bond with each other and our other close friends. We wish everyone can have at least one friend like this in their lives too.
0: If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash AsianBossGirl support, or get some merch at AsianBossGirl.myshopify.com.
2: If you resonate with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. If you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called GRBG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is AsianBossGirl.
0: Before we end today, we want to let you all know that we've started new mini podcast shows that now release every Tuesday. Tune in to K-Dreaming with Mel, Living Well with Janet, and Spill the Baby
2: Tea with Helen. Each week we'll release a new episode from one of the shows right here on the Asian Boss Girl feed.
1: So be sure to tune in to us on Tuesdays and Thursdays from now on. We have a couple of shout-outs for today's episode. From Stephanie in Orange County to Tam, you're an amazing human being with a beautiful soul. Much love to you, my dear friend, and ABG. From Kim in New York to Haley in DC, she's wishing you a happy belated birthday. Haley's birthday was on September 8th. She's wishing you a joyous, happy belated 25th birthday, Haley, whose birthday was on September 8th. Hope your day is filled with serene walks, good noms, and those dearest to you. I'm so lucky to have you as a friend and can't wait for all our striving moments to come. If
2: you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one.
1: And with that, we'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye!